and welcome to Wide World of Fan Fiction, where fan fiction is treated as the high art form that it is. And this week's purest form of literature is sponsored by Midwest to- Midwest Toy and Comic Fest 2. Podcast host awkwardly reads a promo she wrote. Clear your schedule September 30th to October 1st because Midwest Toy and Comic Fest 2. She misspelled comic. Is <laughs> She works too hard and it was late at night. Is coming to Bloomington, Illinois. So many activities, vendors, and people. And a cosplay contest? What? Get yourself and possible cosplay. Down to Bloomington, Illinois on those specific dates. Also a maid cafe. Wow, so much fun stuff. And also, fun fact, I did not die. Um, I took my one week off, but also, um... I- I came back from Chicago with a really bad case of sinusitis, and I you you don't want to you don't want to deal with me when I have to do with the sinusitis, and it's like, do you want a story read to you like this while coughing and hacking and everything? No, you don't. Mama needed a little break, but now I'm fine, and I took high a lot of cold and flu medication. <laughs> And I only have a sty on my eye now, so I'm not dying yet, I think. And speaking of dying, we all do that someday, and also today, we will... <laughs> Gosh darn it, co-executive producer Rob Fett, you're throwing off my groove! Intern Psyduck. Oh, by the way, we have an intern now, Intern Psyduck. I got him at Fan Expo, he's my good boy. One of the psychic boys I got. He's having an existential crisis all the time, but besides that, he he does a good job. If you have you ever seen a Psyduck just running around like crazy, having no idea what to do? Yeah, typical intern behavior. <laughs> My plushies work very hard. They are investment pieces. Today's story. Today's story, I what what is October? I, okay, no, it is no, it is no. We're not in October. No, we're August. Okay, I think August is Children's Vision Awareness Month. Let me let me check that. See, we do theme days. I just didn't write them down in the script because I was writing and marketing an entire an entire event for this for our sponsor Midwest Toy. <laughs> Seriously, intern Psyduck, you need to stop having an existential crisis and really just pick, contribute more to the workplace. <laughs> and and it was children's vision, uh, children, do, do, do. yes, it was something, something, children's eye health and safety month. So yes, guess what story we're doing today? That's right. Daredevil. And yes, I know I'm going to get old Sunday and already I have issues with one of my eyes, so I am going to hell. <laughs> Seriously, though, I do really like Daredevil. The Netflix show was amazing. But this one, it's more of a retro style, written in the old kind of campy. It's really fun. I don't know if we'll get through all of it, but let's see how far we get through, and there will be a link in the description. That intern Psyduck or co-executive producer Wabuvet will do because they work very hard. Isn't that... They're just staring at me and doing nothing. What lazy Pokemon plushie employees. 
Today's story is The Return of Stilt Man. Daredevil, a crushing and unapologetic parody of the 1960s Daredevil stories by Stan Lee. Early Daredevil was a delightful mess that deserves to be made fun of. <laughs> Read and review. This is rated T as parody humor and has 2,118 words, seven reviews, five faves, one follows. It was published in 2008 and it is complete. So, yeah. Let's get back in the time machine and go back to 2008 and also the 1960s. Wow, could I get a credit card back then? No. Wah, wah, wah. Anyway, there's no All the usual disclaimers apply. This is written as a parody of the Daredevil stories by Stanley. The Return of Stiltman. Wilbur Day sat in his murky basement, tinkering with his favorite toy. It was, in fact, more than a toy. It was an invention, the result of a stroke of equal parts genius and villainy. Wilbur was not a cool guy, by any stretch of the word. Of course, this little tale takes place in a time before the word cool came to be widely used to describe the popular and the hip. But had it been in vogue at the time, it would not have applied to the madman with the homemade armor. But Wilbur Day also went by a different name. Wearing his powerful invention, he could go beyond the confines of normal human anatomy and common sense. Wilbur Day was Stilt Man! Next day, he would make his return to the streets of Manhattan. The woman with the pearl necklaces would run away, screaming in fear. The men would gather their suitcases and fashionably crafted umbrellas and go into hiding! There would, of course, also be children crying, a sound as pleasant to his villainous ears as the sound of an orchestra to a man of average taste. The stilt man smiled. Yes, tomorrow was going to be great. The heist he was planning was going to be a was going to be different from all others. This time he would be successful. He had his stilts, after all. What could possibly go wrong? Across town, Matt Murdock's sightless, sightless attorney sat deep in thought, planning out the day ahead. And nine, he would have to go into the office to start work. After getting settled in and listening to his pudgy law partner recite the news headlines, he would spend an hour thinking about Karen Page, his secretary. There are no clients, which seemed likely in the light of his firm having handled only a handful since it opened his store six months earlier. He might make that two hours. After he was unwallowing in self-pity over the obvious fact that someone like Karen Page couldn't love a sightless man like himself, he might spend an hour trading quips with Foggy Nelson, the law partner, before going to lunch. The afternoon will be spent pretending to attend to actual legal business. Yes, it would be a busy day. Very busy indeed. The blind man thought about all this and more as he worked on an embroidered masterpiece depicting Mount Rushmore, which would go over his fireplace. He didn't particularly enjoy embroidery, but he did enjoy knowing that he could wield a needle and thread far more capably than a sighted man, because Matt and Murdoch was no ordinary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get your stuff together. Because Matt Murdoch was no ordinary blind man. He was also the crimson swashbuckler without fear, known as Daredevil. Still, in the beginning of his career as a mass superhero, he already had many memories to reflect on. While he would rather not think about the time a themed criminal by the name of the Matador had stopped him in his tracks by throwing a small blanket over his head. <laughs> it actually happened! <laughs> he had been victorious against many other impressive foes. Those were the moments he most liked to think about. 
Smiling, he put down his half-finished tapestry and went through the door. Hidden behind a bookcase in his living room that would, be take, that would take him to his secret gym. Ever since a fateful day when he had pushed an old man out of the way of an up oncoming truck, he had been equipped with special senses and abilities as he made gravity-defying leaps from the parallel bars. bars. Wearing his equally gravity-defying dark sunglasses, he enjoyed the sensation of being free like a bird. If you were really lucky, maybe tomorrow would bring a hapless villain his way so he could strut his stuff in all the crowd with his fearless acrobatics. Little did he know that his fondest wish would turn into his worst nightmare. Somewhere in the dark recesses of the living, breathing city, the stilt man watched and waited. As Matt walked in the door to his office, Karen Page sighed with ill-disguised ill desire, fueled in part by the pent-up sexual energy that only a frustrated virgin like herself could feel. Good morning, Mr. Murdoch, Karen said in a voice that sounded like a sweet music to the hip to the hypersensitive and very horny ears of the sightless lawyer. If only he could see the love in my eyes, Karen thought to herself. She briefly tried to imagine what life as Mrs. Murdoch would be like. Should they ever decide to tie the knot, and she would be the wife of one of the best trial lawyers in the country, an epithet, epithet made even more impressive by the fact that Matt had never overseen a case which had actually gone to trial. Such a life would bring glitz and glamour her way. There was also something about him, how he bravely made his way through a dark world that spoke to her need to take care of him and just hold him in her arms. Maybe, if she was a good girl, he would let her give him a sponge bath on occasion. <laughs> Karen smiled at the thought as her nipples stood in attention against the soft fabric of her silk blouse. <laughs> Good morning, partner. Foggy smiled when he saw his best friend come in the door through his good-natured instincts were quickly clouded by the jealousy he felt when he noticed her lovely secretary undressed the blind man with her eyes. Oh, Karen, would you please put on some fresh coffee? Matt, now in his role as mild-mannered attorney, listened to Karen scurrying around behind him to start a fresh pot while he walked over to his desk and sat down. Good morning, Foggy. Do we have any clients today? No, not today, but don't worry, Matt. Something will come up, I'm sure. Why don't we turn on the TV like we always do and see what Spider-Man is up to instead? That sounds like a plan! That Spider-Man always seems to be up to something, doesn't he? Matt gave little attention to the sound of the television broadcast and said, focusing on the woman of his dreams, absentmindedly doodling something on the pad in front of her, while waiting for the phone to ring. His two hours of assessing over the piece of nose candy in front of the office had just began, begun. The day had certainly gotten off to a good start. The calm was sleeting. Within moments, the quiet of the perfect spring morning was shattered by the sun of the innocent city dwellers, fleeing in panic, accompanied by the thunderous footfalls of metal on pavement. It took Matt mere seconds to put the pieces together. Stilt Man, the most impressive member of this illustrious rogues gallery, had <laughs> returned! His city desperately needed him, and he had to quickly think of a way out so he could change to Daredevil. He knew that there was a high likelihood that he or someone else from their office would get kidnapped by the offender in question. It had happened enough times in the past, but he couldn't count on that this time. I forgot something at home, he shouted, quickly rising to his feet, and don't expect me back until after lunch. You know how my kind tends to get lost, running for the door. He could almost feel the baffled stares of Karen and Foggy against the back of his head. <laughs> you know, Matt has always been a little odd, 
Bucky said, looking at Karen. Even back in college, he was always such a strange guy. Oh, well, how about if you and I go to lunch today, Karen? Yes, Mr. Nelson, lunch would be fine. Karen sighed inwardly. She would miss Matt terribly while he was gone. Oh, if only he knew how he made her feel. The streets had already erupted in chaos, and Daredevil worried that he might be too late. What would the monster think this t think of this time? It was bad enough that he was a jewelry thief, but what if he started insulting people and molesting young mothers? No! He had to be stopped! On his way to the crime scene, signaled in the distance by frightful screams of horror, the squeal of burgl burglary alarm from the crash of metal against glass, the crimson swashbuckler suddenly heard another cry for help. Oh no! A woman's voice rose up to him. Tender the hurt desperation of a teenage girl stood up for senior prom. As Daredevil's feet hit the pavement a block away from her, the smell of the hair tonic on her gentleman friend found its way to his nose. What is it, my darling? the man asked. Oh, George! the woman answered. There is no salt on my stake and no salt shaker in sight. Whatever will we do? The joy of being able to be of service to the many lost souls of the Big Apple warmed the heart of the sightless crusader. Daredevil smiled and walked over to the young couple seated at a table at a table of a street-side eatery. Excuse me, ma'am, but I think I might be able to help you with that. He quickly pulled out his billy club and screwed the top off. Flipping it upside down, he started shaking it to dislodge the contents inside. Out came a dubious new out came a couple of the dubious nutritional tablets he saw. Dubious nutritional tablets he stocked up on a while back. Along with a used band-aid, and would you believe it? A salt shaker! Oh, thank you, Mr. Devil. Our ever-dutiful hero could not see the face of the woman whose day he had just saved, but her voice was full of the kind of gratitude the average man only experienced ever once or twice in a lifetime. She sprinkled some salt in her food before reaching up to hand it back to him. That's all right, little lady, you keep it. I'm trying to cut back on my gadgets anyway. I best be going now. Stiltman is back in town. With that, he took to the rooftops again. Not a minute later, he found himself in the middle of the madness created by his armored foe. He had fought this man before, some would say too many times. But this time was different. Had the long-legged long -legged tin man done something to his armor, or was the sudden rise in confidence the result of something else? As the little guy in red threw himself at one of the long stilts, which swung like a heavily pendulum through the, through the crowd, stilt man seemed undeterred his new vacuum device sucking up jewelry and rare antiques all along the street. Wilbur Day looked down toward the ground and found what looked like a small red figure attached to his elongated leg. From this distance, he looked cute in his own way. And the man on the stilts couldn't restrain and laugh at the experience of his pathetic adversary. That daredevil was such a clown. Desperate for something which might bring the metal giant to a stop, the scarlet swashbuckler found and focused all his senses and looked for a weakness, a weakness in the armor. Within moments, he thought he heard, he, he thought, he thought he heard something. Yes, a screw was loose among the joints which held the pieces of the suit together, and Daredevil's hurry climbing his way up into his hypersensitive hand landed on, until his hypersensitive hand landed on a partially dislodged screw head. Pulling it out, he felt the middle around it begin to buckle. As he landed gracefully on the street below, Stilt Man came crashing down. The triumph was complete. The police arrived to take Wilbur Day away, and the crowd of men, women, and children came up to greet the hero of the day. Before they had the chance to start pestering him for autographs, Daredevil made a discreet exit. 
He didn't have time to let the whole day go to waste. After all, he had hours of pretending to do legal work ahead of him at the office, and Foggy and Karen would surely be worried by now. Changing back into his civilian clothes, he walked back to the office where he found Foggy waiting alone. Matt, you're back! You're not going to believe what just happened. What is it, Foggy? Where's Karen? That's what I'm trying to tell you, buddy. She's been kidnapped. What? Again? By whom? <laughs> By whom? They got the whom right. <laughs> Yay! Okay. Leapfrog, I think. Leapfrog, I think. But it's the third time this month. Would what, what if she doesn't want to work here anymore? <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't worry about that, Foggy. What else could a where else could a girl make that much money? Yeah, where else could a girl make that much money doing absolutely nothing? You're right about that, but what are we going to do? We need to call someone. That we do, my friend. That we do. Just let me catch my breath first. Matt sighed. This has turned out to such a great day. What was the world coming to? And what was? What was that? Oh, that was the entire story. I'm sorry I was being dramatic. I was just going to say, what if she doesn't want to work here? That's a good question. This, okay, there were like two, though, that's supposed to be thought, and there was a thing. Focus, supposed to focus or focus. Those are the only two grammar mistakes, like, which... And the correct use of whom? You will never see the correct use of whom anymore. This is amazing. <laughs> it's, you know what? This, what they this <laughs> of cats and woman knows their daredevil stuff really. Just like oh gosh, it's like it's like the 1960s when all the uh, etch <laughs> synonyms they come up with on the fly. It's like, I do have some old Spider-Man black and white reprints that sound exactly like this. It's, this took me back to last week when I was reading them, but it's... <laughs> I have a lot of books, too. I don't just read stuff on the internet. Me have brain and stay off Twitter. <laughs> not bashing if you do have Twitter, though. Just use it responsibly. <laughs> That's just so, like, over-the-top, and it's like you... Th it's so, like, 60s cartoon Batman TV show is, but it's all <laughs> referencing. Why is he doing an embroidered masterpiece of Mount Rushmore? That's That wasn't in the comics, but it feels like it should have been. And they really... It's like, when the manager just threw a blanket over it, that actually happened. That's amazing. <laughs> Gosh, they're pulling out some like really deep cut daredevil villains here, and it's. Gosh, where's asbestos man? Spoiler, he died of asbestos exposure. But yeah, 1960s Marvel Comics. This was really, really, really. I love What's Spider Man doing? Oh, God. Yes, yeah, Spider Man was the. Yeah. Big tune that they did actually. 
There was a lot of Spider-Man and Daredevil. There were, there were a lot of crossovers, actually. That Spider-Man the Animated Series episode, that wasn't just the only crossover they did. No, actually, Kingpin was a Spider-Man villain, but he became a Daredevil villain. So, hey! Spider-Man and Daredevil are friends. It was only natural that he was... <laughs> that he finally got to be in a movie with them, too. And Yay! Spidey and Daredevil. They're not... Well, actually... Spidey is Deadpool's husband, not Daredevil's husband. But anyway. <laughs> uh, and this, like, the Karen characterization is, like, so typical 60s. Like, honestly, the Netflix show did such a better job of characterizing her more and, the, and doing the whole... I don't know if I should... I don't know how long has that storyline been out. Was it the 70s when Frank Miller was 80s? Or... Okay, I'm going to spoil the storyline of Daredevil for you. It's on Wikipedia. Um, They did this, you know, this this whole typical, like, oh, had some lawyer routine. Uh, yeah, uh, Frank Miller decided to go super edgy and uh, make her uh, addicted to heroin and a porn star. Yep, that happened, and uh, she died in a church while Daredevil was holding her in his arms. And actually, they reversed that scene for the next flip show, which actually wasn't patronizing. Actually, well done for once when it came to a feminist. I just like that Karen isn't all super girl boss all the time. She is a girl boss, but it's not like she has to remind you that she is, which is... <laughs> Why do you have to... No, no, Remind me of that all the time and have a sassy theme song. Are you compensating for something? It's like Karen seems like a real woman and she doesn't need to. She's just a good character. Like she's not even like flair or like sassy zingers or like. Listen, I'm a woman. It's like, oh, you like women characters. I do if they're well written women characters. Like, I just don't like pandering a lot. That's my thing. A lot, a lot of modern stuff is like pandering or like, oh, like, oh, she's so sexy and it's like over the top kind of sexy or like she's so innocent and she's not sexy, she's ugly, but she's smart. And like, yeah, so honestly, this is actually a really great juxtaposition from like 60s there from like the Netflix show, which I probably really is the best character. But honestly, I like the love they just and the humor and just like the. Like, they know it was silly, and <laughs> like this is like a, a humor story you that's taking kind of seriously, and they obviously know the Daredevil stuff very, very well. So they did their research, which I think is kind of the best. It's like it's this is like very well done crack fan fiction, but not crack. You hardly ever see ones like this, but I also. I do love me some crack fan fiction. Honestly, it's like, it's like, oh, uh, the, uh, I, they don't know anything about this, but you know what? I, it's a good laugh, and honestly, it's like, this is like intentionally funny. It's, it's like the serious stuff that is unintentionally funny. It's what gets me. <laughs> when they have pebbles and roll, pebbles and rolling, that's like, <sighs> oh God. Why didn't you use spell check? I'm gonna die. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Stop you spell check. Mercy. <laughs> Call the doctor. There's something It's a pipple. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, the good thing about those is that the altar clearly gets better from there. And you know what? It's 
if you write those, it's just like better to go back and laugh because I've written some stuff like, ugh. But honestly, if you laugh at it and get better, you know, good for you. That's the mature individual. And don't start co fights and comments about that. That's like, I think that's, I think that's the dark side of something. It's like the comment section of badfiction.net. It's like, they're, some people just go out of their way to be mean, and I don't know why. It's like, Someone wrote this stuff for you. Appreciate it. It's like, if you wrote something, wouldn't you want someone to be kind of nice to you about it a little? It's like, yeah, you spelled the right. Good for you. It's not much, but you tried. <laughs> anyway. What time is it? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, this is, I would highly recommend this. Let's see what else of Cats and Women has written. No, see, you get pop-ups on here. Isn't that fun? Oh, two dare! Oh, they're a daredevil specialist. That's awesome too. I'm probably better known under the name of the webmaster blogger of the other Murdoch papers, a daredevil blog I started all the way back in 2007 when they started writing fanfic, and they have new stories coming soon as of 2019, which actually isn't that long. I think that's when I kind of stopped writing mine for a while. Or <laughs> another one that I stopped writing. Help me, adulting is hard. They have all Daredevil stories. Wow, actually, I really do like, I have several Daredevil graphic novels. I may have to come back to this page on my own. Anyway, if you like Daredevil, go check out Up Cats and Women. And also, they're, this is an author aficionado human being, the people. So I highly recommend this and a thank you for listening have a wonderful day, and also something about sponsorships. Oh, you can also be a sponsor for Midwest Toy and Comic Fest, too. It's on the website. They have different tiers. I forgot to write a promo for that, but look it up. It's on the internet. <laughs> what a professional. Yeah! <laughs> I also accept sponsorships and money, and also submissions of stories to the Facebook page. And I did start a Discord. I'm trying to figure out how Discord works. All these Gen Z people are on Discord. I'm going to ask Jahia. Jahia has a Discord. I've seen her on Discord before. And Sign up. You're fired. We're hiring Jahia. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. And, uh, and, uh, bye.